share just for the start of this. Of this there. We'll just wait for start gathering a few people in here. Hi everyone, welcome. We'll get started in a few minutes. Just gonna give a little more time for everyone to get on board with us here. Get settled. everyone thanks for joining um, we're just uh, gonna wait a couple minutes before we officially get started so we can get as many people into the session as possible so just bear with us for a couple minutes thanks so much everyone thanks for joining just give us a couple minutes here we're gonna get started we're just trying to we have a big crowd today so we're trying to get as many people in as possible before we officially get started just give us a minute thanks
Okay, let's get started. Um, welcome to today's DLN's Expert Access, a closer look at important and relevant topics in the architecture and design industry led by leading experts. Uh, today's topic looks at using social media to build brand awareness. Um, our host today is DLN's Michael Boudreau, and our guest today is uh, Benjamin Reinhardt from um, Domino Magazine, also known as A Spoon Full of Benjamin. Uh, we'll be taking questions via the Q&A chat. Uh, so please uh, post any questions you have there. And uh, Michael, I'll hand it off to you. Thanks, Megan. Um, I'm very pleased to have uh, Ben here this morning. Ben has been an editor at the Hearst Design Group, which is where I worked with him at El Decor. And I'm sure he would tell you I was the best boss he ever had, at least while I'm in the room. Uh, that's what he'll say. Um, but he also was an editor at AD Pro. And now he's recently, very recently, and I think in February, he's been named the style director of Domino Magazine. Um, so not only is uh, Ben a brilliant editor, but he also was a very early adapter of Instagram when I had basically no idea what it was and was told, oh, just post pictures of pretty flowers. Uh, ben was already onto the significance of Instagram, which as we all know has changed the way, so much of the way we operate has changed the way we discover things, has changed the way we shop, has changed the way we expose um, our brands, even if it's a personal account, we're a brand now. Um, and so he not only works on the uh, Instagram accounts of the various magazines where he's worked, but he, his, his own uh, A Spoonful of Benjamin account is quite beautiful and, and charming. And his six, nearly 68,000 followers put me to shame. So I thought Ben would be a, a great person to talk about how you all can use Instagram um, to build up awareness of your work and your brands or your design or architecture work. And also he's going to talk a little bit as well about how he discovers uh, talent through Instagram. So I turn it over to Ben. I know it's going to be very enlightening for all of us. So thank you so much for being here, Ben. Thank you so much, Michael. It's great to be here and see you. I'm um, appreciating your bookshelf background and <laughs> did Just not like plan yours. that. <laughs> Did not plan that, but um, feel in good company, and I'm thrilled to share with the DLN community um, some tips um, and tricks and just my own experience with using Instagram as a, a social media platform to build and grow your brand. As Michael said, we're all brands these days. Um, I hate to use the term brand um, too much, but um, it is true. And I want us all to remember a few points uh, that we'll discuss today about promoting yourself um, and putting yourself forward, um, even if you might not always be comfortable, just to um, take a look at how you're doing things, who else you admire um, on the platform, and how you might be able to push your own boundaries while staying comfortable with um, maintaining your own identity. Um, thinking about your visuals and really kind of, I always like to scout accounts of photographers and other um, colleagues that I think have a great eye. And I always seem tend to learn things from them when posting. Um, and then, you know, also considering the feedback that you get from your colleagues, your peers in the community, using the tools within the platform that are available to you to track your metrics and, um, and, and all of the tools available now um, that allow Instagram to be more than just a platform to post, um, such as saving um, inspiration, communicating with colleagues and forming your own groups. Um, and then, as Michael said, I'll share a bit about how I use Instagram for my own uh, business and for uh, scouting for the magazine, because I discover new makers and artisans and brands across the globe now through this platform. And, um, and then also in the current times, just how we're all navigating during a crisis and um, how you might implement some new techniques and strategies to further 
your brand during this difficult time. And then, of course, um, remember that we should all be having fun because it is, after all, a social platform. Social media. <laughs> exactly. Um, and I am not seeing the visuals, but should we move to that, to the slideshow? Okay, great. Thank you, Megan. Um, I am sharing just um, one of a recent post from AD and um, we always were very cautious and careful to um, post things that felt really relevant and timely as it related to the issue. Um, but I wanted to really point out the captions here and in the next slide, you'll see that the voice and the sort of um, language used is consistent across uh, the board. So we are training our audience to know what to expect from a post um, here from AD. So it's always going to be somewhat educational, um, very informative. Um, it's always going to credit things appropriately and um, give you um, a little added insight into the post other than just a sort of quick mention. Um, and in the next slide, I worked to uh, launch Architectural Digest's AD Pro uh, last year. And part of our Instagram strategy was to include typography um, into the feed because AD Pro really is more of an insider resource for designers in um, the community. So, um, you know, finding ways to um, easily do this for yourself. Um, if you are posting in stories, you can swipe to the left and uh, create a story of just text. And you can always screenshot that and then use that to post to your feed. And we do this to, if you see here, it really adds a, a bit of visual texture to your feed and um, it really breaks, uh, breaks it up. And I think using quotes um, from famous designers or authors that you like, um, or even just uh, from current events is a great way to incorporate something different um, and can sort of add, add variety to your feed. And then in the next slide, um, in, you know, in thinking about how to add variety, I've also been trying to think of ways to share new types of content that I am sourcing from uh, trusted resources. So this is a, a, an image from a, a book in Rizz a book published by Rizzoli. And I loved uh, I wanted to talk about jib doors. I've been doing some research on jib doors and um, secret passageways in interiors. So this was a fun way to share uh, with my audience what I was just currently working on, but also a great way to engage with Rizzoli as well. So Ben, here's a stupid question, but I'm going to have a lot of stupid questions. <laughs> no, How did you get that image from Rizzoli's book onto your feet? That's a great question. So I had been scanning um, hashtags and thank you for bringing that up. That's such a good point. Um, hashtags are, have been a great way for me to scout for anything that you're looking for. I was scouting the hashtag jib door and there are only like 250 posts that have jib door in the world. So it's not that many people even know what it means. <laughs> <laughs> so I found that quite fascinating and it brought me back to a really old post from Rizzoli books. So I, um, you know, from this gorgeous, uh, the biographer, uh, one, you know, biographer of Picasso. And I felt like it was a fantastic way to sort of talk about, um, jib doors and it was a great visual. Um, another thing that I will note is you can also now follow hashtags like you would follow an account. So if you are noticing that you're liking a lot of posts that include the hashtag interiors or 
design, you can click to that hashtag and now follow it. So you'll see all the posts that include that hashtag. That's a great way to an incentive for developing your own hashtag campaigns, because if you demonstrate consistency with a hashtag, uh, your followers might follow that. And um, it's another way to just extend your reach on the platform. So thank you. Yeah, that's a good point. Thank you. Um, and this is an example of um, uh, Charles Peed's shop in Palm Beach, uh, Get the Gusto. And um, I have loved, you know, really enjoyed meeting Charles. And I think they're doing a great job of design and they have a shop and they're making product. Um, so I've just been keeping an eye on what they're doing. Um, and they have done a great job of, in my opinion, varying their post. So this is a post of one of their interiors projects and they kind of made a, a sort of interesting um, post which was Gusto Gingham which is kind of clever. So they're kind of branding something in a way that is um, you know ubiquitous for everyone but they're kind of giving their own point of view there. And in the next slide they are also posting about um, some of their products. So I'll just let that. Um, the next slide, Megan. Sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, no, and thank you, Megan. Um, you know, they're making these incredible papier-mâché art pieces um, and just putting them against really interesting backgrounds, in this case, this really great pattern tile. So I just think this is a fun way to incorporate something in your feed so you're not always seeing the same pulled back images. This is now close in and has a lot of pattern. And then if you go to the next slide, um, you see a great shot of this really unique and interesting slipcover situation. And again, it's sort of like a middle distance. So if you go to the next slide, this is um, a screenshot of their feed. And what I like about it is that it varies um, the distance between from the camera to the subject. So you're getting really beautiful pulled back interiors, closer vignettes, detail shots of products, and it just kind of helps to tell this rounded out story and it's spaced out in a way that it doesn't feel heavy in one category. And um, you all are probably, you all know Kate Brodsky and she has her amazing shop that I'm always, you know, every time I go in there, I learn something new and she's such a great um, host. And I wanted to share um, her, a shot from her Instagram because she does a great job of keeping it casual. Um, like her shots are, she's taking them. Um, they, you know, I think they're not, you know, they're not always like perfect and straight and aligned, but I think that actually lends itself to um, adding this sort of realness factor to some of these really elevated pieces. Um, and on the next slide, she, um, if you're not following her, I would highly recommend following her. Her Instagram stories are um, a riot to me. I look forward to them. And she has a, such a great speaking voice and she will walk around her shop. And um, she's done a great job of uh, informing us about what she's loving. She'll talk about like these gorgeous um, match strikers and these candy colors. And uh, the way that she speaks about her product on Instagram stories is um, super personal. And I feel much more um, connected as if we were, you know, really talking. And, and you know, her, her weekend house in the Hamptons is in the latest issue of AD. It is. Fantastic. And I happen to know that because I wrote the story. I was just going to, it was beautifully <laughs> written by Michael. It's a great house. It's a great house. She's wonderful. And yes, you should all follow her. 
I now have a new appreciation for painted floors and I just want to rip everything out of my apartment and just paint every floor. Oh, it's a great house, <laughs> full of ideas. Um, and um, I wanted to highlight here, um, Marion Montague, the illustrator in Paris, um, who's collaborated with all sorts of different brands, Astier um, and others. And I thought this was a clever thing. So he is an artist um, and he has been doing illustrations of World of Interiors covers and they're really beautiful. And the World of Interiors actually um, posted this from um, and and mentioned him in their caption. So I thought this was an interesting way for someone to just incorporate their work and to um, you know put it out there. And you kind of never know when or who or how or what or you know will pick it up or post it to their account. The World of Interiors has millions of followers, so. I think that's um, a great way, an authentic way to engage with a brand um, when it sort of is, um, you know, feels natural to the work that you do um, and a great way to add reach. I think that's a really interesting point, Ben, is like it really Instagram, with your, through your followers, you build a sense of community and as well as discovery, but there's people who you get to know them better, their take, their life. And God knows in these difficult times, we could all use a sense of community. So I think that's a very valid point. It gets your work shown, but you also get to know, at least on a certain level, a lot of exactly. talented people. And, and we all have our sort of wheelhouse brands, um, places that we source regularly, um, you know, designers that we are working with on a regular basis to create custom products custom pieces for projects. So as Michael's saying, it, it, I agree, it's a great way to interact with those brands that you um, keep in your Rolodex, so to speak. And then I wanted to remind us all to kind of embrace the technology when we can. Um, we're all sort of hunkered down and looking to use these platforms in a new way. And Paloma Contreras is um, doing a great job of putting herself forward. And I know that she's not the most comfortable always on camera, but she's testing it out and pushing the limits a little bit for herself. And I think it's great to see, um, and it's great for all of us to remember to, to do that every now and then. This is um, a new account that I wanted to share with you, created by the team at Domino Magazine uh, called Reno Notebook. And I wanted to just point out how um, a magazine like Domino is thinking about um, sort of these sort of offshoot Instagram accounts because um, we're seeing so much growth on these platforms we're now looking to um, brand some of our franchises. Um, Reno Notebook, if you're familiar with the old Domino, was an original column in the magazine in the early 2000s. So it's really fun to see how something that started in print and still exists in print is now um, finding its legs in social media. Um, and if you go to the next slide, I took a screenshot of their feed because we're also um, developing a similar strategy with um, creating texture on the feed with typography. So you'll notice that we're including borders and we're including um, type in sort of interesting shapes. Um, I think we're all looking for new ways to stand out because once a new potential follower lands on your account, you really only have a, a second, like one and a half seconds to draw their attention for them to start clicking on your images and then to potentially follow you. So um, anything I think you can do nowadays to differentiate yourself from this, the vast amounts of accounts out there 
um, the better. And um, Pamela Shamshiri, I just, I wanted to um, share this post um, that they just posted the other day um, about being at home and uh, just the single idea that a tablecloth makes a huge difference for them in their space. Um, it's a great, you know, everyone I think in this group has a wealth of information and knowledge and it just simple little tips like this um, are highly engaging and great for people to latch on to. Um, and, then, and then going back to thinking about the feed, I wanted to just share um, a screenshot of my own feed for you guys to just get a sense of, you know, I, for my particular brand, I prefer the images to kind of be very filled. Um, and I sort of enjoy keeping a certain consistency there. So um, I'm sort of constantly looking to um, incorporate color and textures um, to keep the variety and so, sort of before I post to kind of map out in my head what came before and, and what will come after. And I wanted to share uh, this recent post um, from Miguel and uh, it's just another reminder of um, how we can sort of, you know, even though we're not out and about in, in our offices and meeting with clients in person, it's a great way to just remember that our own homes are, are a um, great source of uh, inspiration and great source to um, create content around. And I think especially during this crisis um, that we're all sort of, um, finding new ways to do things um, and breaking down the, the boundaries uh, between private and public space. It's a great opportunity to um, use your time at home to benefit your, your Instagram account. You know, one of the things that I wanted to mention, um, Ben, was uh, we talked about this a little bit before we got online, was how many people are using Instagram through these difficult times to help not only their own brand, but other um, charities, um, designers, small companies, like, like for example, two members of the DLN, Thomas Fesson and Brad Ford. Thomas has started a, 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 as part of his feed, a thing called What Would Tom Buy? And he has some stories and, and he, like things that he thinks are beautiful. And if he was doing more projects or something to bring awareness to them. And Brad, who was the founder of Field and Supply, which of course had to be canceled in um, uh, Memorial Day weekend, and hopefully will it be later in the summer, he started a thing called a maker's moment where it has little bios of mm. some of the craftsmen and makers and that usually are shown at Field and Supply to help bring awareness and business to them. And I think that's a, it's a very innovative way to um, address a difficult situation. Absolutely. And I, I love what Brad is doing. And it's so smart because we're all looking to engage with um, what's happening in, in the world of makers and um, new designs. So it's a great, it's been a great source for me as well to see what's new from um, his roster of um, talented artisans. And I love um, Thomas Pheasant's concept. I think that's another great way to incorporate a hashtag into your content strategy. So, um, and really fun and also something that would encourage your followers to come and check back in with you, which is a great, a great thing to do. Um, and then this was another um, image from Miguel. And I, you know, appreciate just thinking about the framing of a shot and What's, what he's including and what he's not. So getting just a little hint of that darker red um, trim piece in the upper molding, it just kind of like helps to balance out this image. There's a lot of lines going on. Um, so I just love the, to think about, um, you know, new ways to approach photography um, that you might not always think of yourself. 
in the next. Um, and then, you know, I am always looking for like a dose of color and happiness and Nick Olson is, does such a great job of posting colorful images with striped ceilings and beautiful um, custom headboards. Um, but I, I also appreciate that Nick is posting from behind the scenes of a shoot. So whenever you're, or, you know, even for us at the magazine, when we're shooting a project, um, you know, it's great to sort of capture your own content during that time. And it's a great way for you to um, share something that you, that, you know, if the photographer is sharing or the publication is sharing, it's um, gives you the ability to share something that um, you wouldn't uh, normally see. Um, you're all probably following the wonderful Douglas Friedman, and he does a great job of sharing behind the scenes content. Um, he'll kind of take his phone and like turn and like take a photo of like all the camera equipment and the cords and like, you know, the makeup artists. And I think it's, um, it gives the viewer something special that they're not going to get. And it gives them a, a sort of super insider access. So if um, there's ways that you can incorporate that kind of idea into your account, um, I think it's, it gives, adds that layer of sort of specialness. And in, um, in thinking about how our Instagram accounts stand out, um, you know, Richard Christensen in LA has um, a whole series of brands, but the Owl Bureau's Instagram account uh, really stood out to me recently. So I just wanted to share this with you all. Um, I don't particularly love this, but I appreciate that they're doing something kind of different and for an aesthetic value kind of, you know, it really stood out and I've saved this to a few different inspiration boards and just think it's a different way to think about, um, you know, what you post. And one of the ways that people use to stand out is filters. And somebody's asked this question, but I was planning to bring this up anyway, because I remember when you first talked to the first panel that you were on about Instagram, you said that for your personal feed, you used a consistent filter to give you a signature look. You know, and now, especially now, Instagram has expanded so much larger beyond that point mm -hmm. then to now it's even more difficult to stand out or to create authenticity, consistency. So do you still use filters? Do you recommend filters? I, I do for, you know, I think if you're going to engage with using filters, I think it's, um, it can be a smart way to sort of do something consistently if you're sort of thinking about franchising your content, or maybe there's one space where you do that. Um, some people um, use black and white in a kind of strategic way. Um, for myself, I've moved away from using any filters because I am much more drawn to images that use natural light. Mm -hmm. So I only post photos that were taken with natural daylight. Mm -hmm. And then I will adjust the contrast and the brightness, but that's it. Um, I don't like, I think now that Instagram has sort of evolved and the eyeballs on an awareness of filters has sort of led me to kind of stay away from them. Got a little gimmicky. These days, yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, and then in the next slide, um, you know, when you're, when you're going through your feed, I'm always screenshotting and saving ideas. Um, this is a shot of Pernil from Pernil Loof, the photographer, and I am just inspired by at the way that she sort of presents um, just little moments from her life. So, you know, of course, she's a super talented photographer and understands light and composition in a way that we might not, but it's a good reminder that, um, you know, a quick photo in the moment or something that you might not think is significant might actually be a really beautiful moment to share. And it's great to sort of add your own personality 
and your and sort of that personal level. And again, like this is just a, a, a screenshot of Pernil's feed. And she does a great job of keeping her kind of lighting and her her mood consistently. But again, and also she uses black and white. So um, that in the sort of question that came up about filters, it's sort of nice to see something, see some variety. And um, Sean, at Sa who, who started Saved New York, um, does a great job of posting archive imagery that he's sourcing from all of the different magazines and books and publications. And I think he's done a great job of, you know, he makes blankets. And so he's done a great job of narrowing his point of, his content point of view um, on historical images and things from the past. So he's always posting really unique imagery um, that feature textiles or bedding in an interesting way. So you kind of know, I almost know when he's posting because it'll be like a beautiful bed or a really interesting drape on a fabric. Um, so he's sort of taking ownership of his category, which I think um, is a great way to build your own brand identity on social media. Um, and we can go to the next. Um, so you'll see here at the top, this is cool brands. And this is a um, folder that I created um, within Instagram. If you are on your profile, you can click on the upper right corner and um, create folders. Um, so you can save images that you see and like. And I have tons of folders. Um, Instagram is like the new Pinterest these days. So I have a folder that I've like very like aptly named cool brands. And I like to save um, new discoveries here, like this um, Committee of Taste in London that sells really beautiful Danish modern um, vintage pieces. And then the next, um, this was, I was working on a story about organization. And again, I was searching, um, organizing hashtags and I was um, looking at other bigger brands um, that focus on organizing and came across this company that I've never heard of um, from, uh, uh, I believe from Denmark. And uh, so just kind of an interesting resource for me to note in the next. And then um, I have been, uh, I'm always, I'm never not looking at stripes, it seems. So I, you know, we all love stripes. And I had come across um, this company in Denmark as well that um, produces textiles and finished goods in Africa and thought this was a great, interesting, and they made really great looking bags and pillows. So this is just something I'm saving. I don't know what this will be for, but um, it's just good to know about. And, um, and again, um, uh, Anthony Watson, who started Atelier Vim <clears throat> in Southern France, I love um, that they're really leaning into kind of the space that they, they've come from and the place that they're located um, during quarantine and finding really beautiful moments to capture. Um, it's not, they're not showing their product. They're not pushing that in any way. It's just kind of, they've pivoted to sharing more about where they are and what they're doing um, while they're at home. So Ben, that brings up a point that you touched on before, but I would love if you would elaborate a little bit about, because I'm, I'm, I'm sure some of the members here are wary about, you know, they want to have brand awareness, they want their work to be seen, but they don't want to be seen as pushy or, you know, mm. I don't know, you know, conceited or whatever. So. What, how, what's your advice in terms of that? And then also I'd love to know um, how you feel about posting other people's work and 
you know, like there was that picture of Horace, who's not even alive anymore, so clearly. But it seems like some people have almost try and get away with the idea that if they post a beautiful picture, it's kind of the, their work, or they don't say that, but so I'd love if you'd talk a little about that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think, um, you know, if you're, if you're a designer, if you're, um, if you're retailing product or if you're selling custom work, I think it's really important to use Instagram to tell that story because as um, Michael and I both know, the publishing world is getting smaller and smaller by the day. So it really is up to us to craft these narratives and to put them out there um, more and more. So I do think it's important to be clear about your message when it comes to um, anything that you're selling. I mean, Instagram is a huge retail platform these days. So um, it, it's, you know, it would be foolish not to think about that um, in a strategic way. I think it is important to, you know, the term authentic uh, keeps coming up and I know it's overused, um, but I think that, you know, um, one of the reasons why I'm drawn to posts like Pernille, you know, on vacation with her kids and things like that kind of add in this human element to what you're talking about. So you're not always just talking about your furniture collection or your lighting. It's um, a more 360 view of who you are and who you're, or what your brand is. And I think that when it comes to reposting images of other people's work, it's just really important to be clear about um, what you're doing, why you're posting it, to make sure that you're, you're properly crediting um, and doing the research to credit the appropriate people, the photographer, the source, um, all of those things. And, you know, I think um, in the world of Instagram, it's sort of all fair game. So, you know, it really is up to us to just maintain these, these standards. Um, and I think when people see, um, you know, others sort of egregiously posting um, other people's work, it sort of becomes to feel a bit like, why am I, why am I looking at this? Um, and, you know, there is um, Charlie Porter in London, the former editor, um, style editor at um, House and Garden in the UK. She has launched her own company called Tat London, which is a great little account that she sells her like knickknacks and bits and bobs. And I've noticed that she does post a lot of other people's work, but she's very clear about who she's posting and why. And she kind of has her own point of view around, around the project or the image. So, which I've been okay with. Um, so I think it's good to just be very clear and um, honest about what you're doing and where things are coming from. Thank you. Yeah, of course. And, um, you know, and thinking about um, being at home and thinking of new ways to do things. Um, this is a post that I've started posting a series called Market by Mail. And I am, you know, as a market editor, I'm really missing being out there and seeing things and meeting with the designers and and seeing the colors in person and understanding the scale of products and what's new and like as Michael had said earlier kind of like getting the inside scoop and like the side conversation so I've been um, I've been excited to work with designers and brands to um, share product through the US Postal Service and um, present it in a way that um, feels kind of authentic to how I work and, um, you know, take, trying to find some way to use the space that I have here at um, my childhood home in Michigan. And the next, we can move to the next. And ple please don't judge, um, but I am also um, hosting 
um, Instagram Lives with makers and showrooms and designers. So this is a great way to, like I've just been challenging myself and I wanted to just share with you my experience of using new functions on Instagram, like Instagram Live and, and IGTV. Um, and, you know, the more you try things, the more that you learn about how to use it. So um, I had a great chat with Annalise Taft-Gersten who owns Alt for Living. She and I, um, our office is right across the street. So we're neighbors on 28th street. And it's just sort of like, you know, I see her every week. So I'm kind of, you know, just missing that. But um, also trying to find ways to incorporate these um, parts of the platform into the work that I'm doing or the work that I, and, and the work that I would regularly be doing. So um, we can move on. And um, our friend Colin King, who is a super talented stylist, um, he in quarantine has started his own hashtag stay home still life. Uh, we featured his work and his process um, on Domino Magazine's Instagram. And he is another person that is kind of doing a great job of making the best of their situation at home and sharing that out with the world while kind of maintaining his own point of view as a stylist um, and creative in the interiors world. And this is another um, one of his iPhone stay home still lives, which I thought was particularly beautiful. And um, the photographer Sharon Radish, who I work with, she has also been doing her own um, still life series, which I think is really creative and fun. Um, so I'm just excited to see what um, creatives that you know, are interested <clears throat> doing and how they're um, being super inventive with what they have, just you know, a tape measure, an apple, and a piece of plastic. And um, I wanted to just end here with Nick's post from Cinco de Mayo. And you know, I hope he doesn't kill me for sharing this, but I did want to just remind us all, myself included, to also have fun and to remember that this is a social platform and it's okay to post things that maybe aren't always um, in theory or on paper connected to your brand, but they really show um, the personality behind the brand and who you are, because that is now becoming so much more important um, these days. So right. thank you so much. And I hope that we um, have time for questions. We and do, we have, we have several good questions here. But, okay. um, um, but I do think what you were saying about personality, because I know like a designers, designers who've gotten clients and they say that people feel they know them already through their Instagram feeds. So personality can definitely come through. But we had a couple of questions about one, one about hashtags. Mm -hmm. says, Does using the most liked hashtags of the day help drive people toward your site? The same things with likes, stories, and commenting. So maybe you talk a little about hashtags because they're a mystery to me. Uh, hashtags. I know it's exhausting. There's so many, so many out there. Um, I think that you really have to think about how you respond to hashtags as well. Um, because when I see people posting like a thousand hashtags at the end of their posts, I kind of am like, ugh, like, I don't really want to see that. Um, that's kind of annoying. Um, so I always recommend that people and individuals post hashtags that really are just like clearly about your brand and your post. So, and to not overwhelm people with like a thousand hashtags, um, but because they do drive um, eyeballs to your page account and image that you might not otherwise get. So it's a great way to um, increase the odds and the reach of those image of your images. Right. Okay. And there's a couple of questions about, um, you know, the new offshoots of Instagram stories. Um, you know, do, do people really watch stories, especially somebody was intrigued by the text um, stories that you put on. 
And of course, then there's IGTV. And when do you use that? Um, you know, I know some people get into the science of it. I know somebody once told me that if you do stories or you do comments, you get more engagement and you get moved up and you get more followers. I don't know if that's true or not. The algorithms always seem to be changing, but um, what do you recommend and do you have any tips in terms of when to do stories, when to do IGTV? Yes, well, I, a friend of mine um, who has worked at Instagram in the past has told me that, you know, the more that you use the platform, and this is sort of disturbing, but the more that you use the platform, the more that it will give back to you. So you're right, Michael, it, it's important to build in using the platform kind of on a regular basis. So um, the algorithm is recognizing that you're an active user. Um, I think it's important for us all to experiment with stories and IGTV and Instagram Live um, because, you know, this is, this, is, this is moving forward quickly. So, um, the, you know, I think the more that we're able to understand how these things function, the better positioned we're going to be in the future, just as individuals and as companies that we work for. So, um, you know, it's, I think if it's something that is intimidating or unclear, um, I always find it's really helpful to just watch others and to take notes and to note what I like and don't like about what's happening. Um, I've already noticed with IGTV that I don't like how the comments kind of bubble up. So you really, I think, moving forward, I'm going to be more thoughtful about how we potentially um, film those. I mean, there's, it's, so the comments aren't blocking people. I mean, there's a lot of things that um, I'm now noticing that I've never noticed before, just because I'm um, looking at it more. And do you think that doing stories or IGTV is really, is gonna help your following, help your brand, or is it more something you should play with and we'll wait and see what happens? Yeah, that's a great question. I am currently in the phase of sort of testing out these different um, areas of the platform. And I do think that they will help your brand in the long run. And I'd rather kind of like test it out now and then have a better point of view on it um, in the coming months um, as, you know, hopefully things kind of shift and get back to normal, um, whatever that means. But I think that the way that we're um, promoting ourselves and sharing on Instagram will continue and um, having these tools in our arsenal um, will only, um, you know, make our accounts better. And then someone was asking about multiple picks on one thing, which I have done several times, but is it better to do that than as a story? Or, you know, having, oh. as opposed to having five or six pictures that you like that you through, swipe through, that swipe through in a post. Yes. I mean, I'm, I've been told that's very old fashioned now that I should put those things into stories because sometimes you have different examples of what you're trying to show. Exactly. Exactly. Um, well, I will say that I've noticed that it, it's, it sort of asks a lot of your followers to, and it doesn't sound like a lot, but to stop, to swipe through, to read, to like. So you're just asking them to do like, you know, that many Too more much. steps. Right. Um, so I think in the, it's so cluttered out there. You have to kind of be very careful well, with not overdoing it. Yeah, I've noticed too, a lot of people have started writing very long captions to their photos. And I may like, love the photo and want a little, but I find it, Personally, I find that asking a lot of people to expect them to read three paragraphs about a picture when, you know, you've, you're following 200 people and there's lots of pictures there and whatever. But um, exactly. I guess it's a personal thing. Okay, here's some, we have many more questions, so I hope you don't mind. Um, somebody was asking about looking at the feed themselves. They said, I never think to look at somebody's feed. I have done that on occasion, but do you think people look at the whole feed thing when they're trying to decide whether to follow somebody or if you're, they like their work or whatever? Uh, I do. Um, you know, I we don't dwell on it, and I don't think that any of us really do. 
um, including myself. And when you look at a feed on a screenshot in a presentation, it's like you'll never be looking at it that big. It's always going to be on your phone or on your desktop. Um, But I think that when someone lands on your bio and you can, in your insights, you can see how many people view your profile every day. Um, And then you can also see, of course, how many new followers you are getting as you are posting and doing things. Um, If you're seeing if you're not seeing something beautiful in the first nine posts, then I think it's a lot less likely that that person is going to follow you. Right, right. Okay, and here's, here's I'm gonna combine these two questions. Somebody's asking how, how important is it to have an audience or a goal in mind beyond just you know, wanting to extend your followers? And they say, you know, it's easy to get caught up in Instagram and post things, but to what end? And then the related question is how much time and you can't answer this specifically, but how much time an organization do you have to put into it to build your following? Because it can be a time suck, Instagram. You know, I sat down to catch up and the next thing I know an hour's gone by and I haven't even posted anything myself yet. I've already an hour. So how, how should designers and architects think about Instagram as opposed to just a fun thing? You know, how much time should they put into it? I mean, it's exhausting. You are yeah, right. I'm exhausted just thinking about it. Um, and, you know, I, I think that we all have it within our power to, you know, to think about a goal, you know, if you're just starting out or if you've been using it for the past couple years and here and there, um, I think, you know, setting goals is really important because it kind of forces you to um, measure up and ladder up to those goals. Um, so whether that's saying I want, I'm looking to, you know, attract 500 new followers from within my own community, that could be a great goal to have, you know, because you're already, you're targeting a specific audience um, and that may be achievable within a certain time frame. Um, if you achieve 10,000 followers, you, you, gain access to more functionality. So you can um, do swipe ups from your stories and you can um, integrate shopping in a a different way. So um, having a a larger long-term goal like that is a way to um, promote your business and to promote your product. So, um, you know, thinking about um, just who you are and, and kind of writing down a few um, sort of, you know, vision sort of board ideas is not a bad idea. And then someone's asking about sponsored content. They said that they used to poo-poo it and think it was too commercial, but they tried it once and got a lot of followers. So mm-hmm. how do you feel about sponsored content in well, our world? I, I think it's important to um, be careful to align yourself with brands that are um, aligned with your identity and who you are. So it does feel like a natural extension. Um, Of course, you're being very honest and open about something being sponsored. Um, And if it seems out of left field, I think that will turn your audience, you know, it will just kind of rub your audience the wrong way. Like, Michael, if you were to start doing sponsored posts with Tide laundry detergent, I think people might be like, mm, I don't know about that. I'm a very clean person, then. What do you mean? <laughs> I don't know why that came up at the top of my head, but you know, I I think that you can. I mean, people have built their whole like income right. off of this. So right. if you're the influencer able to- thing has been huge. If you're able to maintain that authentic kind of voice, I think that around sponsored posts, I think that people are happy to support you. And Mm -hmm. if your followers believe in what you're doing and love what you're posting, they will support you. And um, I think be excited that you have this opportunity with a sponsored. Um, Okay. 
Two final questions, because we're running out of time here, and I so appreciate, Ben, that you're sticking around here. Um, here's one I don't understand at all, so I'm just going to read it to you. Maybe you will understand. When you're trying to curate your feed based on your work, how do you feel about temporary posts like personality pieces that are then archived later? Oh, my goodness. That seems like a lot of work. Um, I would, I don't know if it's worth archiving posts, um, because in my opinion, if you're going to post something, it should be a post that you want there. So I wouldn't want to take it down later. Um, that seems to sort of defeat the purpose. And then also it seems like a lot of extra work. Yeah, okay. I still don't understand the question, so I'm sure, but I'm sure that's a good answer. <laughs> um, somebody else is asking, um, it says hello. Said I come as an anonymous. So anyway, um, says I've been and his, I think this is a, what we've been talking about is sort of sums it up. I've been reluctant to post our work during this time. I worry it is tone deaf to the greater issues out there. Do you think it's important to keep posting and promoting the business, or is it okay to do what feels authentic and share your experience during this time? I've taken the latter approach, obviously being very personal, and worry it might make me appear less serious as a designer. That's, uh, it's a really good question. Um, and I think about this a lot, um, especially right now. Um, I think that it's important to have a strong content mix in general. So if you, even if you are a designer, an interiors designer, um, you know, you are of course going to want to post your projects if they've been beautifully photographed and styled, but that's not, the only thing that you're going to post. So it's important to remind your audience that you are someone who posts a variety of different content types. Um, I think that we are also, while I'm very sensitive to being tone deaf during this time, we are, I think are all looking for beauty and in looking to be inspired and looking to keep our creative minds alive. So I think if you are supporting a strong content mix, it's okay to post about your work and your projects and something that you really love um, that relates to what you're doing um, because we need that as well. Oh, it was Bella who said hello. Now I found that out. I just asked that question. And, here, and here's just a last question or a couple. If somebody's asking how often should they post, you know, they don't want to um, um, do it too often and turn people off. And I, that's something that I, I probably don't do it enough, but sometimes I worry I do it too much. <laughs> I, um, you know, I would, I would look at, I would look at your bandwidth and I would look at how you integrate Instagram currently and just kind of be realistic with yourself. Um, you know, I've been, struggling to find the time because I'm not commuting. I, I usually do all of my Instagram content on the subway as I go into the office and go home. So um, finding the time now has been a bit more challenging. Um, but I think that it's important to, and again, to have sort of a mix. So I like to post um, in the morning before work and I know that Instagram's algorithms curate your feed based on your activity, not your time. But a lot of what people see is being posted in the general time frame that they're that they're, that they're posting. So I like to post in the morning before work, and I like to post in the evening. Um, after dinner because um, I've noticed that people are just much more active um, during these times. Um, and then uh, I, I like to shake it up. So just like every now and then just like post something at a random time when I, like if you just happen to be getting a coffee in the morning, um, taking a break from your email, just like if you post something, it's great to like also show the Instagram algorithm that you're not doing everything every day at the same time, like a, like a robot. Okay. And, and this will be the last question. <clears throat> Instagram live 
what do, what do you think's happening with that? Have you noticed anything about the success of that? And again, mm -hmm. should we concentrate more on stories or regular posts? What, what do you, how do you see the future evolving of Instagram? I, yeah, Instagram Live is the whole new animal. And it's so, and when I open Instagram now, I see like 20 Instagram Lives at the top of um, my feed um, to click into. And it's a bit overwhelming to see that many nowadays. But I think that it's almost kind of becoming like the new cocktail party. People are like hopping from one Instagram live to another. And if you're commenting and if you're really, um, you know, if you're engaging with these people that you, and they're people that you know, um, it just puts your name out there more, you know, it's sort of like, it's this weird space of like Instagram's networking um, that seems to be happening. So I think, um, you know, of course, don't force yourself to do things um, that don't fit into how you use the platform, but also realize that it's great to sort of test out um, new ways to right. use Instagram and find, find solutions that work for you. Okay. All right. We have a few more questions, but we're running out of time and I don't want to keep you here, Ben. Um, well, but I want to thank you so much. Um, of course. And um, it really has been full of information and insights and I've learned a lot. Um, so thank you. Um, our next design, uh, uh, expert access webinar is um, Designing Your Future with Kate Verner and Lori Salmore. Um, and um, that's next week and on Thursday, we'll be hosting uh, the leaders from Kravit and Waterworks to discuss guidelines and insights on reopening showrooms and offices because God knows that is a complicated issue. Um, so anyone who wants to sign up for one of those two uh, expert access calls, uh, go to the DLN website under the events tab, you can sign up. Um, and then we're gonna have more that are coming up in the future we're talking about, so we'll keep you posted on those. And last of all, just remember that um, all of these expert access webinars provide AIA and ASID CEU credits. That's a lot of letters in a row. Um, but if you wanna get credits for, for listening to the webinar, Send your ID numbers over to Megan at the DLN and she will make sure you get certified for the CEO, CEU credits. Um, so again, thank you, Ben. It's been so informative and I really enjoyed it and I learned a lot. And thank you all for um, coming in and listening to Ben and so much that he knows about that still mystify me. But anyway. <laughs> thank, you. thank you, Michael. I all look right. forward to being in touch. All right, have a great weekend. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks, Megan.